So if you've been around Gateway South for a while, you know that every South by Southwest, we do our own South by South campus. And there was no cost, no wristbands, free parking, and some of the best music you've probably heard all week. So I'm so glad that you've joined us today. This is a two-part series that we conclude today. It's called Backstage Pass. And last week, we looked at this idea that every single one of us was created to create. And there's a passage I wanted to reference that we read from last week. It's in Romans chapter 12. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So at Gateway South, this is a place where you can come no matter where you might be on your spiritual journey. We say come as you are, and we mean that. But I want to give you a heads up that our hope is that you'll discover that this is a place where you can take those concerns, those thoughts, those doubts, those struggles, and in community find healing and find that there is a a God who loves you. And as I said earlier, we are created to create. And really anything that we do can become an act of worship. And last week, we looked at how creativity is taking what we imagine and bringing it to real life. And so renewing our mind, connecting our heart to God's heart, can help us move out the negative and the darkness that we imagine and instead bring light and bring good into the world around us. Your creativity might be in the arts, or maybe it's uh, administrative, maybe it's more relational, whatever that is, you can use your creativity to bring about good in the world around you. And so today, just like every week, uh, things are a little bit different. And we're going to listen to a couple of TED-type talks together. All of our campuses in Austin are doing this. But before we hear a a message from a local artist named Chase, uh, I want you to hear a story of another musician named Tony. And his journey in discovering the power of creativity is actually rooted in community. So let's watch these together. I just looked over, and, I, and uh, then I saw Muhammad Ali. I said, and there's this lovely wife. Look at her smiling right behind me. Her, right? And so she, oh, she, I talked to both of them for about 10, 15 minutes right there. He and I talked, and, uh, and he, he had his arm around me too, in fact. Look, and here's um, my mother. Okay, this is right, this right, this right behind uh, the wing, right here, uh, 28A. My mother and I, uh, first uh, plane trip together, uh, uh, Thursday, November 15th, 1984, uh, as a Christmas present. That's okay. Uh, no, as a Christmas present from me to her. <sighs> enjoy that day. I enjoyed her so much, so much. I enjoyed. Uh, there, that's that's. My mother loved that right there because she loved that outfit. Because look, look at Judge Judy's. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that coming. Look. Judge 
yeah, which, uh, and then this one, Tony Anderson gave me. Yeah, he, he got this because he's so cute, I tell you. And I wore this. Did you see Tony Anderson's picture right here, too? Yes, I did. I told Tony Anderson, I said, I want to put you as close to my bed as I can so I can look at you all night, every night. I'm going to skip over it. Watch this have the Tony. Wednesday, 3.20 p.m. Time and day not set. Donnie, you there, buddy? It's Tony calling you again. Uh, call me as soon as you get this, because we want to film over your place tonight. So call me back. We'll talk soon. Love you, buddy. Bye. I love that. I love him. He's great. Uh, but look. I had been given an old Dell desktop, and I had Fruity Loops, and I had um, terrible ideas. Uh, the great thing about that time is that I could risk everything. There was no idea that I could be successful, and there was no idea that I could fail. And it was fun. All of a sudden, that childlike joy and innocence I used to have um, has been replaced with this very adult, business-like approach to music. And what scares me is when I write something because I'm trying to compete with someone. You know, what is that? You know, why is it that when I hear amazing music from one of my friends, my first thought is not to celebrate them, but to compare and to say, how am I going to make something better than that? And I'm actually starting to believe that um, relationships might be better than writing tons of music and people knowing my name. There's this one guy in particular named Donnie who would show up like every day and he'd knock on the door and um, he would just want to talk. He didn't want anything from me, he just wanted to be loved. He just wanted to be listened to. And I kept sending this guy away because I had better things to do, you know? Like, sorry, dude, I got stuff to create. I got deadlines. Um, and Donnie doesn't know what I do, and he doesn't care what I do. And he's not impressed by who uses my music. Donnie cares whether or not I opened up my door that day. Society looks at Donnie, and they think there's something wrong with him. I used to think there was something wrong with him. Because Donnie um, purely and innocently enjoys every human being he runs into. In every meal he eats, Donnie is the greatest gift in my life. As my heart is beginning to, to come alive again, I'm now able to enjoy these people that have been around me. Donnie is helping me to get outside of me. My name is Chase Gassaway. I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, recently became a father and I write music, and then I play it live. There's a lot of 
people that when they when they describe music, they don't really know how to uh, to say what it means to them, or or why they even like it. Like, I like the groove. I like the words. I like the voice. But usually, it's something like this. I like the way it makes me feel. It's been warning, fixed and broken. It's got bruises, but everyone was hurt. Fifth grade was when I studied my first instrument, and it was cello. And, um, and then I remember the first time I just pulled a low C on it. You let that instrument sing, and being aware of what you're doing, it was a brand new voice that I had never been able to sing myself. And so from there, I just kind of got addicted, and I learned trombone in middle school, and started teaching myself guitar and piano, and then ukulele, and then harmonica, and then everything else in between. But it, yeah, it's pretty much always just me sitting down with the instrument and, uh, and getting to know it a little bit. The church body, when we get together and sing, the reason why worship essentially works, like imagine any other context where you're going to get a large group of people together and get them to do one act all together in unity and in agreement and with harmonies and beauty. So I think that's why the visions of heaven, the way we understand them, is heaven's going to be a pretty large party, a pretty big experience. Millions of people are going to be doing things with one stroke of the brush. And it's because they found the beat together and they can move with the beat of what's happening. There ain't nothing wrong with feeling good. There ain't nothing wrong with feeling good. Everybody cries, and everybody should. There ain't nothing wrong feeling good. So I started writing orchestrations when I was a kid. I mean, the first, um, I, I wrote for string quartets and, uh, and brass ensembles when I was, you know, seventh grade. And uh, one of the things you start to learn is to view pieces of work as a whole. You've got your intro here, and you've got this setup here, and you might have a conclusion here, but none of those pieces can work on their own. But a lot of times our purpose in life is not to be the answer, the resounding conclusion, the big gong hit with the final tonic one chord. It's to set up the question for someone else. And a lot of times that's the importance of our work as a, as a church body. A lot of times you do things that are going to go unnoticed and they're going to seem very, very mundane. But what they're actually doing is they're setting up a greater motif. They're, they're expanding a melody that's going to resolve later. And to find beauty in that moment, you have to trust that the composer knows what he's doing. He wrote the piece. He knows how it's going to end. And so he knows to place moments here in your life and in the lives of those around you that are going to work perfectly to set up that uh, grand finale. Instrument is an interesting word that we use for, for music that also applies to things outside of music all the time. So an instrument for me is a guitar. You put a guitar in my hands and that's an instrument that when it's in my hands, is gonna sound one way. If it's in somebody else's hands, it's gonna sound entirely different. 
And then if you put in someone who doesn't know how to play guitar, it's essentially just a big paperweight. It doesn't really work for them. But we have instruments in every aspect of life. And that might be a computer. It might be uh, your, your desk. Uh, it might be your steering wheel. Uh, it might be your voice. It might be your smile. Uh, those are instruments that you, as an artist, have been put in charge of. And don't downplay the importance of your instrument. Your instrument is just as important as everybody else's because you are been, you've been tailor-fit to use that instrument to express the glory of God. When you discover what your instrument is, you, by using it, are doing the same thing that an artist does when he creates a song. There's no difference there. If you're seeing the difference there, you're kind of missing the whole point. We are created in God's image to create. And just because you don't understand what your instrument is or what your tools are for that, yet doesn't mean that they're not there. They were perfectly designed for you to tell a story, to show the love of God to people. And you might need to be on a journey to figure out what those are. And you're gonna know it pretty quick because it's gonna make you happy. You're gonna feel satisfied by those things. And so look at your life and where you feel satisfaction. And you're probably creating really good art that you need to be framing, you need to be showing people, but you were told that it was unimportant. The greatest message you can understand as an artist is that you matter. Your art matters. It's valuable and it's just as valuable as what anyone else can offer. And so I think as much as we can recognize in other people that they have a tempo that's worth something, that they have music inside them that's worth something, and they can actually sing in harmony with what we're saying, that there can be unity in what we're doing together. That's how the church brings itself together. That's how we discover who Christ is. stories that you will never know Some of them I mind but all the better ones I stole But if you play your cards just right And open up your eyes You might just see the light You might Music is a language. It's something that we use to communicate. And what's beautiful about it is music is able to enter your heart without your permission. You don't have to know the syntax or the grammar of this language. It's just something that comes inside you and allows you to communicate with somebody in a way that is supernatural. And so it's the language that I speak. It's the language that I choose to use to communicate with people. So when I'm on stage, my hope is as I'm trying to communicate that I can get a response, that you're trying to engage with people to meet them where they're at. When Christ taught people, he was speaking to farmers and uh, very rural, simple people. And so the messages that he used were stories about farming and about fishing and, and their relationships with their sons and daughters. And it's because it met them where they're at. 
And that's the same thing that can happen, especially if I play like a cover song at a show. Cause I belong with you, you belong with me, you my sweetheart. I belong with you, you belong with me, you my sweetheart. Love, we need it now. Let's hope. It's like having an old friend that both of you know and inviting them in together and you're going to connect with them. And if you can build that connection with somebody on a, on a platform that is where they're at, then you have the ability to continue a conversation. You've earned the right to sit down with them and, and, and have a dialogue. And that's what you're creating with art is you're creating moments that have a little bit of friction that you can talk about. And so when I perform shows, uh, I can be playing at a bar, in a coffee shop, in somebody's house, and each one of those can be in and of itself a worship service if I'm being honest and I'm drawing up questions out of people. Really all art can be defined by the idea that is it creating questions? And we don't have to be the ones that fill in the answers there. The church body as a whole will naturally do that and the Holy Spirit will move in people in ways that, that he will reveal himself. Well, I liked what Chase had to say, but I also liked how he said it. He was like a conductor, the way he would move his hands. And the way that he described us as a symphony the, the power of the analogy of music is this idea that, that we are created by a creator to create, and each of us has an important contribution to make. And that's why we say, come as you are, and we mean that. We, we want you to, to be a part of this community as you're sorting through your spiritual journey. But know that our hope is that you discover that connection with your creator, and that you find your place to serve, to be that instrument. And it doesn't have to be a musical instrument. Some of you are artists when it comes to making the tacos or greeting or serving the children. There's some of you that just have these incredible talents that, that God can use to, to bring light and life to the others around you, whether it's here on a Sunday or in your neighborhood or where you work. But music in itself is not only a powerful analogy, it's actually a powerful tool as well. I'm curious, how many of you are uh, musicians? You play an instrument or you sing? Just raise your hand. Excellent. How many of you play the radio? All right. Okay, more of us do that. If you raised your hand for either, you, you probably have an appreciation uh, for the power of music. Uh, last night, uh, my family gathered together. The Bryant extended family came together. Our, uh, the Last of the 10 cousins got married last night, and Rebecca married her sweetheart, John Rodriguez, there at the Hummingbird House here in South Austin. And it was, everything was just perfect. The weather was perfect. Everybody was there on time. Nobody was arguing. It was, uh, everything was just unbelievably going well for our big extended family and all the other friends and the Rodriguez family, and it, and it was just going so well. And then the penultimate moment is when the bride walks down the aisle. And they chose this lovely song by Ed Sheeran. 
And it started to play. And I can't sweep you off of your feet. And they started walking towards the aisle. Will and then it stopped. So they stopped. And then it went on again. For the taste of my love. And they started to walk again. And then it stopped. It was like a game of musical chairs. <laughs> and literally, this happened probably 10 times. And everybody in the audience just, oh, this was her moment. This was the moment she's going to walk to the aisle to see the love of her life. And they kept stopping every time the music stopped. And finally, that they just gave up. And they just kept walking with no music. And it was kind of a sad moment, to be honest, as she had still a quite a ways to get to the altar. And so then the crowd started to hum the song. Like even those of us who didn't know it, just like make some noise, make some noise. This girl needs a song, right? Because when there's no music, you're, you're missing something. But the power of music is it can make a normal moment transcendent. Right, I want to prove this to you. I play just a couple songs. And I, I want to see if it, if it takes you back to a, a place, a time, maybe a, a specific memory. This song, where were you when you first heard this song? Remember that moment? How about another song? Maybe this this next song. Maybe maybe this will resonate for you. Remember this song? This was my anthem for a summer. Driving up the 101 to downtown Los Angeles. The song cranked out. I was declaring it was going to be a beautiful day no matter what. Or maybe this song, maybe this resonates with you. Some of you are looking for your lighters right now, I can tell. Maybe none of those resonated with you. But maybe, maybe this song, I, I imagine this song would. Right, okay. Were you taken back to that moment, right? Music has that kind of power. And so this next little TED-type talk, uh, we have our senior pastor, John Burke, interviewing our very own Kyle Heiss along with our other worship leaders, and really talking about not just the power of music, but, but why is it that we sing on Sundays? Like, what, what is that about? What is this idea of worship? So let's listen to this panel discussion and see if some of the answers to those questions of why do we do some of these things even help you move forward in your journey. Listen to this. I'm here with our worship leaders from Kyle from South Campus, Ross and Lauren, North Campus, Jenny Green, Central Campus, and we want to just talk about what is worship. So why don't we start there? Um, how would you define worship? 
I feel that worship is, is it's what we put our, our focus on. It's that thing that we wrap our lives around. We orchestrate life to do certain things at certain times. To me, that is something that we're worshiping. And I know that we were all created to worship. And so that could be anything. We could worship food, fitness, um, wealth, career. Um, and so people. I, people. People, yeah. Children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots, yeah. Our spouse. Yeah. If worship is giving ourselves to something, God or our careers or yeah. um, what's, what's with the singing? Probably some people mm-hmm. like, uh, so it's bigger than just singing, right. but singing is an act of worship. Why? Our, we're singing truths. Like the songs that we choose are, are scripture that we are singing over our lives that um, we may not quite understand why, but they just bring us hope. Mm-hmm. They bring us a sense of peace that... Um, other things just can't. They just can't do that for our, for our hearts. And it's just, it's like a soothing balm for our soul to me. That's what it feels like. I think it brings perspective. Yeah. I think for me, sometimes I often, my life will overwhelm me. And sometimes when I'm in this corporate space uh, with others of worship, it brings a perspective because when I'm worshiping, I realize who he is who Jesus, who God is, mm-hmm. and who I am. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of times it brings me peace to know that I, I don't need to have this figured out. He does. So for me, it often, it brings perspective mm. into my life. So, uh, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I think some people relate easily to yeah. worship and singing. And then others, we're more in our heads. And I know for me, for years, I just sang songs. And it was like, I guess you guys like this. It's just singing songs. Um, but something changed for me, uh, and, and it was what you're talking about, is when I started to connect it that, no, this is about relationship with God. Yeah. And when I actually started to have a history with God, and then the, the song started to mean something. Mm-hmm. But how do you get there? How does someone make worship meaningful? I think it's going back to intimacy, right? So... Yeah. Uh, that, that first step into a, a time that's meaningful with God might not feel comfortable. It might not feel natural, but uh, it's that repetition of overtime um, and that working that discipline. And maybe that, that first step is just saying the words, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, maybe that first step is just simply engaging and singing. Um, and over time, that can, can begin to create an intimate space um, where you're connecting with God in maybe a way you've, you've never done before. Yeah. Uh, and that first step is hard. It's uncomfortable. I was gonna say, yeah, any kind of relationship. It tends to maybe just think of relationships in general. That first kind of encounter you have with someone that you may like or want to get to know, it's, it can be awkward and yeah. weird, but you have to take that first step in order mm-hmm. to start to know that person. Yeah. And that's, so I think that that's, that's so good. important to really it is, yeah. just got to take that first step. Yeah. I think also um, with songs... I say this a lot at, at North Campus that um, maybe you're in the room and you don't know what to say or you don't know how to pray or you don't know what you're feeling in the moment, but these songs are literally prayers. They're written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. That, these, that in the moment when you are, maybe you're, you're seeking out God or you don't really know what's going on in the moment, but these songs, are, you can literally sing these songs over your life, over your circumstance, and those are your prayers to God and for God in those moments. So, you know, I've heard... Um, People, especially skeptics over the years, say, like, why does God need us to worship him? I mean, isn't that kind of like egomania? Right. I mean, what's, 
what's with that? Isn't God bigger than that? Yeah. What would you say to that? Well, I would take it out of, let's, let's broaden it out a little. Um, if you're a parent or, or you have a, a loved one that um, just means the world to you, you, you don't have to explain, you love them because you love them. And if when they come back to you and your child looks at you maybe for the first time or for the thousandth time and they look at you and they say, I love you back, it doesn't, you don't, your love doesn't change for them just because they said it, but it actually moves your heart. There's something that it does to you that you can't explain. And I, when God doesn't need our worship, he's not egocentric, he isn't insecure, he actually, it's a relationship. It goes back to that intimacy, that relationship with him, that it's a conversation of our heart towards him of, of just loving him and loving him through the process of where we are in our lives because it's chaos in our world. We live in crazy times and things in our home may not be the way that we want them to, but when we just turn our heart toward him in that simple space, not just in, this, in the room in a congregation, but, but just in our car or anything that wherever we are talking to him, it's just that simple, I love you back. And it, it does something to him. It moves his heart. Yeah. yeah, that really changed it for me when I started to realize I, I, I'm not... That, that this is about expressing yeah. something of the heart in relationship. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, like, uh, I, would, I worship better alone. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> in the morning, in my car, uh, when I'm in a crowd, I'm like, that's just not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. So how do you, why even worship in a crowd? Mm-hmm. Why sing songs together? Yeah, I love this question because um, in Second Chronicles, God literally took a, choir of people to be on the front lines against a battle in an army of people that have no military background or nothing. What are we going to do against that? But I think it's, it's something so special and so amazing when we get together and we're on the front lines. We're battling the enemy. We're battling all of us together in congregation, worshiping together, singing together. We're fighting the enemy together. It's not this yeah. thing we're supposed to go through life alone with. You know? And I think God loves unity. Yeah. I think that so much of this is when we are together, there's unity in that. And I yeah. think there is a special space in God's heart when we all gather in community, in like-mindedness, to bring something to him, to mm-hmm. give something to him. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, I'll go back to my family analogy. <laughs> when you have multiple children or people in your life that do something so special for you for your birthday or just a way for them to show love back to you, there's something that, let's say if there's seven of them, there's something that that seven can do that just one person can't. Mm-hmm. And when we are in a loving, it's a loving thing that happens. It's not just divisive and or jealousy or a pride, or, but when it's just a um, kind of letting go of my own personal ambition, but actually coming together to love someone mm-hmm. um, to all of us together, that we can't do that on our own. We just can't. And, and I, I think that's good to remember is that, you know, uh, it matters to God. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it moves the heart of God like a good parent when kids are bringing something special to just say, we love you. Yeah. No matter what. How do you get past just singing words? Mm. Well, I think that's a relationship. But I think... Again, I think that's stuff we were just talking about, which is just you have to kind of, it's a, it's a pursuing of a relationship. 
it tends to be just words when you don't know who you're singing to um, and you don't know the person you're singing to. But the moment that you cross over to a relationship with Jesus, everything changes. Then it's not any, it's no longer words you're singing, it's truth. It's victory, it's necessary, it's needed. All of those emotions can kind of come flooding in and sometimes not emotions, I know we talked about. Sometimes it's just a discipline. You show up because you know like, I need this. Yeah. Um, but I, that also shows love too, right? So I, don't, yeah. I think that, that God looks at that and, and maybe we're, um, we're stepping into Sunday mornings and we've had a terrible week and the last thing we wanna do is seeing you are good because it does not feel like God is yeah. good, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's times it feels very natural to seeing it and we want to, but there's times it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like God is good, mm-hmm. but I think that discipline shows just as much love, maybe you know, maybe even more to God that even when uh, there's chaos in the world, right? Even when it feels like our life is just a complete wreck, we're speaking those truths um, as a community together. There's something incredibly powerful that happens in those moments. God's faithful through any circumstance, regardless of our, yeah, I love it. That's a good way to to look at it. And it really harkens back to Jesus' last prayer the the night before his crucifixion for our unity and that, what you're saying is that when, when we come together to worship, when our, when our hearts are expressing love to God, individually that matters to him. It does. And it's good for us, like you were saying, you know, yeah. it helps us focus on the things that are true mm-hmm. and right and battle forward, all these thoughts that crowd us out. But it yeah. also, like you were saying, it's, it's like all his children coming together saying, no, we really do love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that means something to God. And that's, that's a whole different reason as well for us to come together and worship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, even in the scripture, we're two or more gathered, you know, and I think that God is in the, and he's there. And, and I think in the room, sometimes you might be singing these words, but you don't feel like God is in there. He's not there with you. He's not present, but God is there. He's there. He's been there the whole time. You know, he's always with us. And I think that's something um, that we can easily just dismiss. And when we're just singing or we're just phoning it in one day, and, and I feel like, God is always there. He's always present. He's always there in the circumstances, regardless, good or bad. Yeah. You know, he is always there. It's our willingness. It's our willingness to acknowledge him, really, because he wants the relationship more than anything. Mm -hmm. He, he's not a dictator or, you know, otherwise we'd be all be robots. He really wants us to, to choose him. He chose us because he loves us. That's great. Well, thanks so much, uh, you guys, for sharing your hearts. We so appreciate being led by you on all the campuses, and I will turn it back over to the campuses now. Hey, let's give Kyle and the team a hand. Wasn't that helpful? Very good. And what I heard it, I hope you heard in there, was this idea of relationship with God. See, this is a place where we're not about religion. We're not about rules. We're actually about connecting your heart to God's heart. And so what I want to do in this moment is, again, everything's a little bit different today. Uh, Right now, uh, we're going to receive our offering. And as we do that, let me just say, if you're a guest, feel absolutely no obligation to give. We're just so glad that you're here. What we would love for you to do, though, is to take a moment and fill out this Connect card. And this Connect card, you just go right to the Connect spot where we have a gift, a free gift we'd love to give to you. And there at the Connect spot, you can find out all the things that are coming up, uh, the work day on April the 1st, the men's breakfast on April the 1st, 
um, all the different ways um, that you can jump in and get connected. Um, but maybe for some of you, maybe your next step is you've been here for a while and you're ready to step out of anonymity into community. And the best way to do that is to go through Starting Gate, just right after the service, right over here by our big moving door. Just go through a tour and consider just jumping in to one of these teams. The best way to get to know others is to serve others with others. I should say, I almost forgot, if you'd rather give online, you can do that. Just text the word gateway to 77977 and you can follow the links to do that. Um, but I, I want to say that things are a little bit different today and, and we're not just talking about singing and then we walk away. We're actually going to do that over the next several minutes. And some of you are thinking, oh good, I got here and we didn't sing at the top. Others of you are thinking, oh well that's why I came late is... <laughs> So I would miss that part. But I want you to push past uh, any sort of internal resistance. And it's just three songs in the middle of a busy week, or maybe it was a fun week. I want you to allow these next few minutes to just be your opportunity to connect your heart to God's heart. Uh, The music can be a way that you are singing to God. It's like a prayer to God. And the band is going to come out. Here they come. Um, And as they do, I I just want you in these moments um, to just let go of everything that might distract you. And really, singing is the easiest form of worship. That passage I read at the top of the service, Romans 12, 1 through 3, we're to be a living sacrifice. That's our act of worship. See, we were created to be creative to love God and to love people, to use our gifts and our talents to serve those around us. And so I want to pray for us. And as I pray, I want you to just allow God to whisper into your heart, into your soul. And again, if you're new to this, do this as an experiment. Use the lyrics as as giving you the words to say. Maybe you've never prayed before. Or maybe you have a relationship with God, but you've, you've kind of wandered away for a while. Maybe this is that chance to reconnect. Or maybe you see Sundays, every Sunday, it's the first day of the week, your chance to start afresh, to start anew. So let me pray for us in this moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity we have in the middle of this amazing city among strangers and friends to have a moment where everything is set aside that we might connect our heart, our mind to you. So God, if this is the first time we've ever tried something like this or we do this every day in the car or somewhere in between, I just pray that this moment would not be lost, that we would hear your voice in the moments in between the lyrics in the silence, even as we sing. And we just pray, God, this would be a beautiful time, these few moments we have together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing together?